Hello and welcome to Cradle to the Grave. I am your host, Eric, and you have stumbled upon an intermission episode. You know, those little bitty episodes that I place in between the big giant best of episodes. Just a little something to tide you over. Now, most of the time I handle these intermission episodes all by myself, all by my lonesome. But you know what? It sucks talking to myself. So I decided to have a guest come on. And luckily, Nancy Wong answered the call. Here's a little bit about Nancy. Nancy Wong is a fan of horror films due to her curiosity about demonic creatures and evil magic in her youth. As they say, curiosity killed the cat. Her inquisitive nature got her interested in exploring the grotesque, macabre, and twisted imagination of horror storytelling. Although her husband and two kids can't stomach horror with her, she still finds time to enjoy a few films here and there. She is Chinese-American, a realtor, cosplayer, kimono expert, and hoarder of fabric. Nancy is also incredibly fun to chat with, and we had a great time talking about... The little girl who lives down the lane. They called her the little girl who lives down the lane. All alone in that big house. Who was she? what was her secret a lot of people wondered like Mario the local comedian somebody's out there officer Miglioretti the local cop I don't believe what you've been telling me about your father you're a very pretty girl you know that pretty eyes Frank Hallett the local creep and nasty Mrs. Hallett, the local gossip. Mrs. Hallett, I'm warning you! I want to know what's been happening here in this house. I want to know what happened here today! I think I should warn you that the police are watching our house right this very minute, Mr. Hallett. Aren't you scared? Of what? Of being alone. No one will know about us. I never knew how much I needed you. Now listen to me, young lady. I know you're up to something. Go in that study, Mrs. Hallett, and I tell my father about your son. I even had to ask him why the police don't do anything about it. Why should they do anything? When your son gives candy to pretty little girls. Academy Award nominee Jodie Foster, Martin Sheen, Alexis Smith. Hey, Nancy, thank you so much for coming on Cradle to the Grave. How are you doing tonight? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for having me with you. Absolutely. Um, So I always like to ask my guests, the first question I ask them is, what is your history with the horror genre? Are you a fan of horror movies, Nancy? I am a fan, but it wasn't always that way. Um, I was very averse to it up until my teens or late teens mm-hmm. um mainly because a lot of the uh my family wouldn't let me watch it because they felt a lot of themes have demonic things in it so sure. as a 
Christian family, they's like, you're, you should know that stuff, (laughs) (laughs) which is completely nonsensical. I mean, after when you're adult, when you know, so when I first watched my horror film, I was like, oh my God, I might be sinning here because I'm learning about (laughs) witches and demons and devils. (laughs) Yeah. All bad stuff. But due to my, I guess, slightly rebellious nature, I Mm. just kept uh, occasionally going back to it and watching it in secret. And unfortunately for me, my family, my current family with my husband and kids, they can't handle horror. So for me, it's like watching a dirty movie <laughs> because I have to do it in secret or else they're sneak just off running <laughs> from the room and they're like, why are you watching that? You know, <laughs> especially <laughs> my husband, he's he just can't handle horror. But it was partly my fault when I first introduced him to it. We watched The Ring. In the Japanese Ooh, yeah. version, and oh, that, I guess that was one. a little intense. <laughs> that is an intense movie. That that's a that's a a rough one to start off on, you know. Like, <laughs> and there was a funny part to it. If you know, we're not tangent tangentially going off too far. Um, my house had an old TV. It was one of the box TVs, mm. and I've known that for occasionally, um, the if it's more if it's humid, like the tube would meet. And then this TV would turn on, but that would turn on to a static channel oh, wow. because that was how TVs used to work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so he was staying over one night and he was going to the kitchen and, you know, as coincidentally it happens, the TV turns on, poof, static. <laughs> That's awesome. And that was like a week <laughs> after he's seen the ring with me. <laughs> oh no. Did you think he was going to die in seven days? <laughs> he just... <laughs> I was not sure if it's supposed to run out the house or come and get me at that point. <laughs> that's that's great. That's great. The Ring is a great movie. What are some other, um, like some of the older ones that you got into? You said you first got into horror when you were like a teenager. What were, you, what were some of the films that kind of stuck out? Well, it's more of what I can also get my hands on at the time. Now mm-hmm. I feel like I can watch more with streaming, like, you know, Amazon, Hulu, everything, right? <laughs> yeah, yeah. An older one. I mean, of course, there's the classic ones or the campy ones like Chucky, mm-hmm. uh, Hellraiser. Uh, Hellraiser got funny after they got into space. Um, <laughs> and um, <laughs> what what part was that? Was that part like four oh, God, or five? Like af- I know it's like after was it six at that point? I lost track. But you know, it, I, got, it was- I never watched it. I, I skipped the space. Hellraiser. <laughs> yeah. Um, of course, the uh, uh, the Day of the Dead. And, yeah, uh, I love that movie. Ones, yeah, those ones, again, are easy to access. But then going further, I mean, there's Exorcist, um, the Japanese ones. Japanese ones is definitely, a, it's their own thing. Um, like the sure. grudge originally was yeah. very traumatizing because it's like your safe space is not safe space anymore. <laughs> <laughs> Um, it sounds like you're hitting all the classics there. Um, yeah. One movie, uh, an old movie that I know that you're into was the movie that you picked, The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, mm-hmm. um, which is cool because like um, I sent you a list of movies from 1976 and mm-hmm. you looked at it and then you got back to me and said, well, what about The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, which wasn't on the list I sent you. And I'm like. Hey, yeah, that that's a good one. Like, I don't, I knew about the film, but I had never seen it. 
And so for some reason, it was not on my list I sent you. So I'm glad that you uh, you know remembered this film. Had you seen this film um, when you were younger or how did you know about this film? This was a recommendation that came from a friend, obviously, a while ago. So I actually had to rewatch it to kind of refresh my mind a little bit on it. Mm -hmm. And um, to me, it was an interesting genre. And I think everyone agrees that it doesn't fall completely into the expectations of horror. But there's aspects of it that has the thriller aspect. There's some mystery. And is she... Is she the serial killer? Was that the twist, right? Mm. Is this going to keep going and you don't know? <laughs> and right. so that's why it kind of stuck with me as a movie, even though it doesn't fall perfectly into, you know, either horror or even the, there's definitely no gore in it. There's very little blood in the, right. um, in the entire film. Um, but it's definitely something that gets you thinking and, you know, about the character, which is somewhat a kind of falls back into horror where you're like is is this it you know is there something more sinister happening i guess that's a good word for the sinister you know is 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 it gonna be worse than we think (laughs) yeah um so real quick let me let me give the synopsis for the little girl who lived down the lane 13 year old ren jacobs lives in a secluded house located in a quiet seaside community she and her father have recently rented the house sparking the curiosity of the townsfolk. Yet, whenever anyone tries to visit, Rin's father is never around. It appears as if she's all alone. Rin's resourcefulness is put to the test when several people, including the snobby landlady and her sleazy son, try to find out what Rin might be hiding. So the movie, based on the novel the same name by Leard Koenig, was directed by Nicholas Gassner, and it stars Martin Sheen and Jodie Foster as the little girl who lived down the lane. So, Nancy, what did you think about this movie? I think it's a very interesting movie. I did do a slight research on it um, because of the way it doesn't flow. Again, it doesn't flow like an like what we expect in the the the, the pacing of a horror movie. Yeah. And I found out that it's actually written more as a stage play. So it's mm-hmm. meant to be, um, and even the way they filmed it kind of made more sense. You had, oh, we had an aha moment. It's like, that's why there's very few casts within each scene, but then the characters mm-hmm. comes really strong. And that kind of uh, reminds me of the style that they used to have in kind of like the Twilight Zone, where right. it is such strong monologues, a strong dialogue that you just get drawn into the characters um in a very short moment or you're like oh man she's such a witch like how can she say that to a little girl you know and and they're just like get out of my house <laughs> literally <laughs> and just no boundaries right and so mm-hmm. you feel for this little girl who is this 13 year old and and it's that odd age off for, for us too where you have an idea of autonomy, yet you're not really given that until later you hit a magical age in our society, like 18, 21, whatever. But before then, your opinion and your wishes are really not heard or you just mm-hmm. get brushed, you know, you're just a kid, right? right? And so that was an interesting, obviously jarring take on you know the tween and the teens and how people would react if you were more 
mature than what you're expected to be. So I, I that part about the female lead was very strong for me. It's like, wow, that's right. I mean, what's the difference between a mature 13 year old and then a 16 year old? You know, but we, we view it so differently just because there's that three years or that magical number we assign to. Now you're an right, adult. <laughs> right. Yeah, this was a different this is a different kind of horror movie. Um, mm-hmm. Like I said, I'd never seen it before. Um, I had heard about it, you know, but I always just skipped over it. I'm like, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll watch it later. Um, but yeah, I really like this movie. And I love Jodie Foster in this film. I mean, I know she's, you know, a great actress, you know, Silence of the Lambs, Taxi Driver. Um, mm-hmm. She's awesome. But it was just driven home even more watching this film. I mean, she, you know, she's almost in every scene. You know, she's the main actress and the whole movie kind of rests on her shoulders. She's she's incredible. I mean, she was so busy in in 1976 alone. She was in this movie. She was in Echoes of Summer, Bugsy Malone, Freaky Friday and Taxi Driver. And she was the thir- 12 and 13 doing all this. It's amazing. You know, she's awesome. So Jodie Foster. Yeah. Great. So that's where, um, well, that's actually why I think this movie was very special is that it really took a really strong young actress to do it. I mean, mm-hmm. they thought about hiring older actresses, but that, you know, need to look vulnerable. You just can't get out of a certain age. Like I know there's awesome actors that can do that, but it's not the same watch this like, the proportions maybe <laughs> you know the proportions right. like she's she's at times she portrays this really strong character that she's gonna survive and she's gonna take care of herself and no one's gonna stand in her way because really that is the driving point of her character is mm-hmm. this is my place i'm gonna stay here all you adults can stay outside and leave me alone right and but obviously they don't. They keep pushing their way into her space. And that leads up to obviously accidental murders, intentional murders. <laughs> right. And, and Which, like, and <laughs> I was going to ask. So like, yeah. there, you know, her, the character Rin played by Jodie Foster is mm-hmm. very intriguing. Like I started off the movie thinking, okay, so this is a bad kid. She's, you know, murdering her mom. Um, she's, you know, gonna kill some other people, but it didn't really turn out that I don't think she's a villain, but she has villainous moments in this film, which is really, you know, I really liked that, that aspect of it, you know, like, am I supposed to root for Jodie Foster? You begin, you start to, you want her to get away with this because you you learn the backstory Mm -hmm. of, you know, her father killed himself. And said, if your crazy mother ever comes here, here's some cyanide to, to kill her because she's nuts. So Jodie Foster does it. And she's she's a kid. I, I, you know, what am I supposed to do? You know, and then you have creepy ass Martin Sheen. Uh, who was, he's the true villain of this film. I actually think that that's, that's actually more <laughs> horrific than the actual murders in the movie. Because like, yes. wow, he really pulled off that pedophile. <laughs> Man. I know. I think he still gets hate mail for this film. <laughs> Which, you know, I'm think I'm going to write a stern letter to Martin Sheen. How dare you? Um, <laughs> how dare you kill that hamster also? 
Yeah. <laughs> was like of, of all the you know we speak of gore or if you expect a certain like horrific scene that was unexpected and and the fact that the kids in the room were helpless and that's sometimes you do feel that right and a, a mm -hmm. bigger person an authoritarian figure comes in and just squeezes the life of your hamster pet <laughs> and you're helpless so that so is mean. so that, it, I mean that that is the essence of the word triggering, right? It's like, oh my god, you're not, you can't do that, and would just jump the guy in that moment. But they they were calm. <laughs> yeah, I also love how like so her dead mom is in the basement for most of this movie, and yes. we never see it. We never see the body, but it's we know it's there. When people go down in the basement, I got a lot of like Evil Dead vibes. You know, I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Evil Dead. There's yes. like this. Uh -huh. The grandma in the basement who pops her head up. I kept expecting that to happen. Like, <laughs> oh man. Like, so that for me was pretty creepy. This dead body down there. And then uh, the magician Mario, who the, the younger, the other kid and actor in the film, you know, he befriends Ren and helps her get rid of the bodies and they fall in love. And there's this kind of cute prebescent love story that happens. And then there's a, then there's a scene that came out of nowhere, which kind of, took me aback a little bit and that's the nude scene mm -hmm. uh which wasn't jodie foster but it's heavily i mean the way it's edited you think oh no little 13 year old jodie foster is getting naked in this film but it was her her, her older sister i forget her name maybe, i think her name was connie who was 21 year old at the time she did she was the body double for jodie foster and so if you look closely you can see oh yeah that's not jodie foster but at the same time it's kind of, it's a little unnerving. And I was like, I don't feel comfortable watching that, you know? <laughs> Even Jodie Foster was like, she didn't, she wanted that movie, taken out. Right? What's yeah. that? I said, those are the unexpected moments in this movie, which makes yeah. it stand out. Even, um, yeah, even if you watched it much later than its you know original debut times, that's why it stuck with me, even though, again, it's not, it doesn't follow the same expectations of a, you know, a horror genre, but there are moments in there where, like, it sticks. Does that count? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've read that Jodie Foster did wanted that nude scene taken out, but of course it, it's still in there. And I mean, you know, it, did it, did it serve the film? I, Probably not. It'd probably be still a great film without that scene. Um, but, you know, it was the 70s. You know, there was a lot of sexualization of children in film. You know, even Taxi Driver, which Jodie Foster also starred in. And she plays a prostitute in that film. I don't know if it was just the time period where stuff like that was more accepted. But um, I don't know. I, I don't know how I, I feel about watching that, <laughs> that scene again. <laughs> I think I'm good. <laughs> Oh, it's a short scene, and it's yeah. it, it's it is not well, it's not implied, but it's implied that it's her. I think that's the part that, even though we know yeah. it's not, but the story goes is that it's a thirteen year old, and she's getting naked with her boyfriend. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. So it, there, those are definitely very notable scenes in there that was more surprising. Mm -hmm. Um, I. I but we can go back to the villainess, which is the landlady. And yeah. wow, well, she just just comes in and just tries to take over. And 
no respect whatsoever for her space and lies and um basically she was there to intimidate her because she knows her son has taken an interest in uh, Rin's character mm-hmm. which is which is kind which is kind of evil like you know your son's the one that's gonna that has been the one approaching her but yet she's putting that responsibility and blame on on Rin yeah kind of making her a victim but she's like I'm refusing to be the victim and she just fights this landlady for until she hits her head (laughs) yeah oh and then um you know the scene where uh mario pretends to be ren's dad mm-hmm. <laughs> coming down the stairs and and that cop falls for it thought that was a little far-fetched but you know it was a cute scene far-fetched. i mean the, <laughs> the kid's the guy's nephew right it, 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 that's that's the relationship so uh, yeah. I, mean, I mean where's where in the world did they get all that prosthetics <laughs> <laughs> Well, this movie um, actually it won two Saturn Awards, including Best Horror Film and Best Actress for Jodie Foster. Even Martin Sheen said this, you know, it's a horror film in some ways, but not an overt horror film, kind of a mystery mm-hmm. suspense. Uh, Nicholas Gessner, the director, said it's not a horror film. He characterized it as a teenage love story. So, I don't know. A little dark one, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, well, let's let's uh, hear what Janet Maslin from the New York Times has to say about this film. She wrote this review in 1976. Janet says, even though she's cast as a murderess, Jodie Foster comes her closest yet to playing a normal kid in The Little Girl Who Lives Down the Lane, a mild-mannered horror movie for people who don't much enjoy being scared. Miss Foster's foul deeds, which prove to be not so foul after all, are committed either accidentally or off camera. The rest of the time, Miss Foster loafs around in blue jeans, plays with her hamster, and falls so desperately in love that when things go wrong, she can barely touch her dinner, which consists of a burger and a shake. Nicholas Gessner's direction has a correspondingly comfortable feel. But this type of story is as old as the hills, and Mr. Gessner doesn't do much to make it plausible. Filmgoers with short attention spans may find themselves wondering not where Miss Foster has been stashing all the adults in her life, but rather why she is wearing a stiff and obvious-looking wig. The movie is rated PG because of a few bloody close-ups of a corpse and because of the terrible things Mr. Sheen does to that hamster. (laughs) So, uh, you know, not the best review there, but what about you, Nancy? What's your final word on the little girl who lives down the lane? I would say it's worth watching for the awesome acting. So yes. that that was the, again, if you don't know what you're walking into, you'll be surprised by that. Now, as far as the mechanics of the movie, it, again, that's, they didn't have any uh, special effects or any crazy over story, like story overlay of evil happening. It, it's just more of a focus on what people are capable of, even young children. I mean, we call them children, but what if their minds are already more mature and they understood the ways of human, you know, human um, cruelty or something else like that. So if you come in with that and expect it, um, again, it's like just expect it as a thriller and watch it. You'll find... Um, things that you 
would relate to. Now, as you're watching it, it may not be as as obvious, but afterwards, it's definitely a conversation starter. You can definitely get in a conversation definitely. with it. And the biggest thing is like, you know, it ends with like a really still shot of of Rin. And I think mm-hmm. that lasts quite a bit through the credits. And she just blank staring, or is she just what is she thinking, right? And then you get into that, you're going into a thought with her, like, how would I feel if I just murdered another human? Yeah. <laughs> like, uh, like the, the body count is getting a little higher. So is she, you know, a survive, the you know, the survivor, or is she going to be a serial killer? Like, who are we looking at? Right? That's and an even interesting for Mario, question, that, that yeah, end for Mario, is really powerful. Yeah, he said yeah. something, like, one of his lines that was really good was, I can't lie like you, Rin. You know, he mm. loves her. He likes being with her. But I think at some point he can't keep up with, you know, her cleverness. Like she has a bit of maniacalness in her, but it's calculated. And so she will always survive. It kind of reminds me a little bit of Dexter. You know, like he'll yeah, always survive. You're right. <laughs> That's a good comparison, actually. So, well, cool. Now, yeah, this is this was a great movie, and if anything, you should watch this film just to be reminded of how awesome Jodie Foster is. So, thank you, Nancy, so much for coming on. Appreciate it. You're welcome.